here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so excited to have a returning guest to this here podcast. I'm very appreciative to have some more of Patty's time, who you all know from Alston Melee and also from the Twitter, which is actually the first place we're going to start. Patty, how you doing? I'm doing great. Look how far you've come, Cypher. When we did this a while back, we were both a little bit smaller. We were both a little bit, you know, a little less experienced on the technical side, and now I've got a great camera, you've got a mic, and you're showing your beautiful face. This is this is great times. We're happy to be here. I'm so sad that I couldn't find my staff Alston Melee shirt, which I got because <laughs> I secretly want to be in Alston Melee. It's the Mewtwo Alston Melee Bar and Grill. But I think my wife might have worn it at some point. She regularly wears my T-shirts. So it's a compliment to you that she sees it and she doesn't go, mm, not that one. I was just about to say that. That's the goals right there. That's the merchandise goals. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about this one tweet that you fired off semi-recently where you were accused of, of, of having some real Freddy vibes. But I'm having a hard time finding it all of a sudden. You want to talk about that real quick? You really want? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this. All right. I was, I was feeling, uh, I was shooting off the insecure tweets from the drafts, right? As one does, you know? And, uh, I sent off a, a couple of tweets and, uh, all my friends started making fun of me saying I have a Freddy Twitter now. And, uh, I took offense to it. You know, if you don't know, good old SSBM dad junior, I just gave him a plug. So now he has to unblock me at this point. Um, <laughs> his secret fact, Freddie has me blocked. Um, but yeah, uh, my friends accused me of having Freddie tweets and I was offended by their logic, but they were probably correct to be completely honest. I would say it was in the same universe. Like if, mm. if I'd seen that from, from Freddie, I th would have said, I mean that that sounds about right, but I also <laughs> but I also wanted to I also wanted to say that I don't actually do the drafts. So why do you why do you do something that's less than two hundred eighty characters, but then not send it? Like that's the part that's confusing to mm -hmm. me. It's such a short thing. Do you have drafts just for the content? No, not just for the content. It's more, uh, you know, they just didn't make it off the. Uh... What is it? The cutting board? Oh, fun fact. I'm so bad at phrases. So if we could have a, a phraser count of uh, phrases count out of how many times I get a phrase wrong, that'd be great. That That's your job, YouTube comments. Um, but yeah, uh, they just didn't make it out the cut. You know, they're just they're just weren't strong enough tweets. And then they all just compile into one tweet that's good enough. And that's that's <laughs> truly all it is. <laughs> so this is not necessarily your strong suit though you're not the dark gen x of twitter but you, what mm. you have been doing and what i have of course been watching religiously are your alston melee videos which you head up it's not just solely you you also mm -hmm. have ryan and teddy and mike on the team so shout outs to all of the alston melee oh and I, how could i forget reach online and all the music people that help out with the beats absolutely every video sounds so crisp absolutely I have to add one name into there. Uh, Sean Shuppies. Has How did been I forget Shuppies? Consistent, huge help. Um, Ryan and Ryan and uh, Sean are kind of the uh, the biggest helps with the the writing of the script, prepping the script, and then uh, the full editing, which you know, as by my phrase count, uh, <laughs> can get a little dicey. There's been one that it's been a routine joke of ours, which is uh, dipping of the toes, which I learned is not a phrase, and it's not a, <laughs> it's really not a thing. Um, but we've used that in a couple of videos just because of uh, just them making fun of me in a writer's meeting. And that's actually what we're doing uh, after this call. We have, a, we have a writer's meeting to work on the next video. Um, I'll, I'll drop a hint in here. We talk about shroomed. So that, that's as much as you'll go. But uh, that's my hint for the, uh, for the next video. But yeah, um, I honestly love working in the top tens. There are, there are definitely some downsides that we've been experiencing a little bit recently with just becoming a channel that people look to. Um, and that's been kind of a, a, a learning experience for me, definitely. Because um, just like, you know, people, people value our opinions sometimes more than we even value our own opinions. And that's been a, a wild learning curve for us. Um, and definitely me, because I just like, you know, I am so unadulterated and just transparent in everything that I want to talk about. But sometimes they're not great things to, uh, I don't know, highlight in a video that's supposed to be very highlighting of the scene. So that's that's been a little bit weird. But other than that, it's it's been, and that that's good, right? It's a learning curve that that is it's great. And it's that's the reason that we make the videos is to learn more about everything. Um, but yeah, top tens I'm extremely proud of. It's definitely, 
It's definitely my personal baby. But the more that we grow, the more uh, doors open up for new opportunities. And right now, we are actually hiring for an editor. We're going to be passing that job off to someone. That, that's the one of the jobs that I do involved with the top tens. Um, but to be completely honest, there are definitely people who are stronger editors than I am. And uh, we definitely value that to really bring these videos to the next level and bring them more to a consistent upload schedule. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been the uh, the recent highlights of the top tens. And the other part of it is that there's been a little bit of a hiatus, not that, <clears throat> not that there's a, a ginormous, like it's not been two months since you last uploaded a video, let's not get that confused, but mm -hmm. you were recently able to acquire a new living space if you wanna talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so speaking of Sean, I, I now live with Sean, and uh, another one of our good friends, Steph, who's a secret Alston Melee member. Not not really. Steph is not <laughs> involved with Alston Melee stuff. Um, but, you know, it's been super cool. Um, I previously lived in the closet of, of good old uh, the Alston house. So <laughs> so that and the closet was not big. It was not. The, I've lived in a couple closets previously. I even put my bed in my closet at one point when I had a real room in Denver. Um, but, yeah, that that good old six by three closet was a little cramped. And, uh, you know, we're now at the point where, where this Alston Melee thing is becoming a consistent income. And then uh, I'll even talk about this to give you the full transparent background on myself. Um, I got a real job in the uh, kind of like in the merchandise sphere to learn more about the, the backgrounds of what a warehouse involves and what, what that really adds up to uh, shipping out merchandise and all that stuff. So it's been a really cool learning for me um, just to experience like the full scale merchandise options, which is something I, I deeply care about. And it's really something of passion and as well as just like a consistent income. Um, and that consistent income will be able to fund more awesome melee activities and stuff like that to make it so, you know, as much as awesome melee can technically quote unquote pay a rent, you know, it can't pay for food, it can't pay for, you know, utilities, it can't pay for other things. So it's just like building this thing up to a, a real place where, where me and Ryan can, can be bosses, which is it's, it's a crazy statement, but that's truly the world that we want to live in. We want to have a, a Alston Melee office. We want to have all these things. And, and that really requires something like that uh, to be in full effect. So yeah, that's, that's the kind of the, the current updates on the Patty life. It happens one podcast at a time. <clears throat> Shout outs to the Austin awesome <laughs> podcast. It happens one top 10 at a time. And it happens one successful merchandising campaign at a time. Because let's not forget, for those who are always interested in acquiring new fantastic t-shirts and hoodies and whatever else you like, even occasionally like actual cassette tape reels, rare. Mm -hmm. Those are rare. Those are like the shiny, the shiny equivalent of also melee <laughs> merch. You can go and see Low Tide City has Appreciate stuff it. that, yes, that you were able to head up for merchandising for Low Tide City, and I myself will be in the next. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna feel like forever until November, but I will be <laughs> a proud owner of the Pikachu surfing hoodie i love that design as soon as i saw it and it was by mike like shout outs to cave lemon i'm like yes mm -hmm. i like it so i got it but i have to wait so long until i can have it in my hands <laughs> you just want to be able to wear that at this moment and i that's what we do it for truly yeah um i really deeply care about making uh smash merchandise that is wearable that is something we constantly talk about on the podcast constantly talk about whenever we're heading a new shop or going down a new opportunity um but yeah like i i think a long time ago when we did this podcast i talked about uh creating jobs in melee and that there's always something new that you can do and if you're truly passionate about something that exists in this community you can make that into some sort of like you know you have to do it a couple times before you get paid but maybe that becomes a real job and uh that's kind of what i've created i, I am the the merchandise director for a bunch of different shops. Uh, previously, obviously I did the Bender, I did the stuff that we've been involved with. Long time ago I did uh, New England Invitational 3, which is a big old deal in New England. Um, but yeah, I've done um, I've done Gallants in the past. Uh, I've just did Low Tide City. We're gonna be, I'll give you another couple, couple cool hints. Um, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm not gonna give you hints. Um, we're doing uh, Shipwrecked as well, which is a part of Low Tide City, which is the the PM, I don't wanna call it the side event, but it's the, the separate event from Low Tide City Let's that's go. happening just to, just to block away. Um, and yeah, that's kinda like us giving back to a community that we you know, we, we appreciate, we are fans of, the PM community. They have been sticking their necks out for the greater good of the Smash community. Um, and that's just like a small give back to them and we really wanna be able to, you know, fully contribute to what they're doing because we're big fans of that. And then um, the biggest one is uh, I am the merch director for Genesis, 
which I'm extremely pumped about. Uh, can't wait to really get the ball rolling on that. Um, shouts out to both Sheridan and just everyone involved for, and Bobak specifically for, for giving me that opportunity. Um, but yeah, essentially, like I've been on the back ends of Smash Ops, and even though I endlessly care about this merchandise and creating stuff that I think is cool, uh, a lot of times you just don't have time for that, right? There's just not a lot of whole, not a whole lot of effort that you can sink in into, you know, creating a Smash G shop when you know you have these 500 different things that you have to think about. You have vendors coming in. You have all the things separate from the tournament, which is the main experience of it. Um, so just becoming a merchandise director is something that that obviously benefits me in these ways, but I really truly believe that it benefits these tournaments and you know gives people an added reason to support uh, a tournament while also getting something of themselves. Like I, it warms my heart when people post pictures of themselves wearing the merchandise that we've made, or just like in general, just like quote retweeting and just like being happy that these products exist, whether or not they actually buy them. Um, just like using their own platform to highlight the thing that we do. Um, so yeah, I like I really truly care about this. And, you know, as much as I'm kind of paving a way for a merchandise role, I truly believe that um, it should like kind of open the eyes to a lot of tournaments, whether you're a regional or like a weekly that, that exists on Smash G, you truly do have the opportunity to utilize uh, the platform that Smash G is. And uh, they are the best people ever to work with. I, I previously worked there, so it's a little bit of a, you know, company shill here, uh, but I no longer work with them. And and I obviously have all the opportunities to go to whoever I want in terms of like merchandise creation, but hands down, they are, their, their shop, uh, uh, just merchandise options are, I really believe one of the best uh, benefits to using the platform that is Smash EG. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's easier than ever to create your own shop and to create cool merchandise that you also want to wear. Well, the reason why it takes so long to get merchandise is that they choose so many t-shirts and so many sizes, everything, and then it's sold out when it's sold out. They do all the production after the fact, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the way that it works is... Um, in order for it to be both beneficial to the organizer and beneficial to Smash EG, um, they specifically do print to order. Um, so that, that what that means is basically, so a tournament organizer doesn't need to buy 72 small, 72 medium, 72 larges, and then 32 XLs and whatever, however. And that is usually how basically any shop that goes. Other than like, you know, Teespring exists, and I highly encourage anyone to use those platforms, but they take a huge cut, and it's not always... The best products. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff that isn't the best with using some of these you know widely available different websites. And the fact that Smash you can basically prove yourself to Smash EG in order to work with them, and it's so low maintenance. If you're if you're just making a couple items, they'll probably say yes to you as long as you have some sort of experience with the platform and are you know gonna have X amount of people look at your uh, Smash EG page. Um, so yeah, like like the fact the reason why it takes a little bit of time and they they, they print to order everything after the fact of the uh, after the the shop closing date is specifically because that is the most beneficial to the people because you don't have to pay you know like seventy five dollars for a hoodie we can charge you know forty dollars forty five dollars a hoodie and it's and it makes money for the tournament it makes money for the for the creators of the designs and stuff and as well as it's uh, it's it's beneficial on the Smash G side so as much as there is a little bit of a you know a, a time waste when you after you you buy the the uh, the product it is extremely beneficial to everyone involved so if you've ever bought anything off of any Smash G page uh, the organizers and the people who created those products endlessly appreciate you. But it's like it's like that scene. Well, actually, there's a couple of different scenes from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, a movie that I've watched recently where he just <laughs> wakes up and he goes, oh, my hair. It's me waking up and going, surfing Pikachu. So I'm yeah, one day you'll wake up and suddenly there'll be a product and you'll be like, what is this? And you'll be like, oh, my God. And that's a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, that is also fun. I like a, recently got back my security deposit from the hellhole apartment that I escaped from. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting Congrats. to see you. Cha-ching. Hooray. <laughs> we do take those. Did you get a security yeah. deposit back for your closet? I'm kidding. You did not. Ryan kept every <laughs> hey. cent of it. Yeah, yeah. Shouts out to those boys in Austin because uh, I, I can't say I paid rent consistently <laughs> for that closet. It was kind of like on a when you got it, you got it type basis. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the homie supporting, right? Because I was in a spot. I was I was what really wanted to put all my time into something that is beneficial to me. And that's kind of the same reason why I got a normal nine to six job was so that I could 
I could have this time to specifically work on stuff because like if I was to go, I could, I could, I don't want to say very easily, but I could definitely go into the market of trying to get an esports job, right? right? I could, I could try my hand at these different esports companies that exist, and I do believe I'm beneficial to those companies. Uh, Smash G, when I worked there, gave me a ton of opportunities to make my resume baller as all hell. Um, but yeah, with those type jobs, like I can't do, I can't do that without putting putting all of my effort into that thing. Like startup jobs exist, and I am well aware of the startup culture, and that that entails you know waking up at seven and getting out whenever you feel comfortable. And even when you get out and feel comfortable, you're not actually comfortable. It's just like I have to leave, I have to sleep. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the reason why I didn't go the the esports route, and I went just the 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 normal job route to be able to fund you know this this thing that we endlessly believe in because uh, I want to have the time to do that. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the big reason why. Um, why I think that I went the way that I did. The Matt.Zeb route is not for everyone who is a very successful director of competition, something or other over at Call of Duty. And that's super cool. Mm -hmm. But like the reason why he can do that is because he spent all those years doing TO stuff for New England, for East Coast stuff in general. And well, there you have it. Now Matt.Zeb's a legend. But for you, it's really cool to hear about how you want to still have a stake within Melee, within Smash, because... We all know that it's relatively low income potential. There's mm -hmm. a few different ways you can go about it, but what I really love to see is how all of a sudden there was the the the, the logo of the tournament on a t shirt and on a hoodie. Yeah. And maybe they would get crazy and like do socks or something, but like that would be about it. And then all yeah. of a sudden the bender and after, like just about every tournament and you are involved with from a merch side all of a sudden has super cool stuff that i just want to buy which is yeah you know hurts the pocket but it also supports you <laughs> and the scene absolutely Abs like exactly and i love i love that there's a it, well that's the re whole reason why merch works right but it took it took you coming in and saying actually there's a need here and i will show you what that need is and all these people come through so it's been really cool to see just from a a distant perspective and you've been so willing to talk about it on the podcast on the also melee podcast i mean so for the loyal listeners it's nothing new for them but to the rest of the general bsm pod podcast please listen to that it's, it's it is a it's my it's one of my favorite melee podcasts up <laughs> there with all my other favorite melee Appreciate podcasts because i want to what not pick favorites not do top 10 speaking of top 10s <laughs> you had said this earlier lessons learned we talked about your first mm -hmm. top 10 when we first talked back in oh it was like february or something of this the year. worst video we've ever made yes exactly yep. but you're talking about lessons learned for more recent videos where you're starting to realize as if people couldn't take you seriously enough before they seem to take you pretty seriously in back in the past but now as if as if there's more people, more eyes, all of a sudden it's more stakes. And like the, the little divor diversions, diversions from the path just like create massive ripples and reactions. Is that what you feel like you're experiencing? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll, I'll give a good shout out to a, a good friend of mine, uh, Darwin Ding, who definitely recently experienced this to a, a pretty high degree. I went to war uh, for I Darwin honestly, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Go sub to Darwin Ding right now. He's, <laughs> he's honestly if not the one of my favorite melee content creators in the business uh it could just specifically because he makes videos that i believe i could not and i'm i'm endlessly proud of what he's done and i think he's he makes just such cool videos but yeah he um he recently experiences to a level that we honestly even haven't in, in our own experience where uh he made a video that i thought was really cool watched it and i was like oh that was sick it was specifically the uh, breaking down an inter neutral interaction of, of Smash Summit 11. And, uh, you know, a couple a couple top players kind of blew him up on Twitter, got the, got the whole Smash fear talking about him, which is a, a different conversation. You know, maybe Smash Twitter conversations aren't always the most beneficial to everyone. But regardless, you know, toxic wasteland, toxic wasteland. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, he kind of got blown up. And then basically it was this reaction of top players being like, no, wrong, wrong opinion. And then other top players coming in and being like, well, what about this? And then it kind of like... That was the whole reason of, that he made the video, right? Was to break down this interaction that most people skipped over. Um, and if the fact if we have top players going back and forth, then that's probably warranted of what he was trying to do. Um, but he definitely experienced experiences a lot where he just like he was just making a video because he thought it was cool, and then suddenly he realized a lot more people were watching than he initially expected. And it is it is I'm pretty sure it's by far one of his most viewed videos that he has. So oh, shouts yeah, out to him, top. like. Mm -hmm. 
yeah so obviously you know it, it created a little bit of a it's a stressor for it was probably a stressor for him at the time but um definitely a, a benefit of of having everyone talking about you because everyone wants to watch it now um so yeah like we've been, we've been kind of experiencing that to a, a lesser degree to where um like to be completely honest the the placements on a lot of our videos don't really matter kind of like the prices they're not the prices right like who's on is it anyway like the points don't matter um we specifically put people at 10 who we think are good start off to the video because that's a good intro to the video because like the first four minutes of the video really matters a lot to whether to how much the the normal viewer watches that um yeah i mean yeah so that's a great example like blur yeah uh blur kind of blew us up a little bit and, and didn't mention us once while trying to blow us up uh which i was like come on dog come what but come on bro i know you we're friends um <laughs> But yeah, he he was he was mad that he was put at what was it the TO video that we made like a long time ago? Um, I think someone made like a, a spreadsheet of of that video, just breaking down like how successful they've been in terms of making melee a job. So that's kind of where it got re brought up. Um, but yeah, like so I had to have a conversation with him to where it's like, bro, we we put you at ten because it's good video stuff, and like we even joked about it in the videos. We're like, oh, we're putting Blur at ten, like. Oh, we have to talk about Blur because that's, you know, everyone's in on the bit. Uh, at least a lot of people are. And if you aren't, then you kind of get it. Well, like, uh, Blur is Pretty a thing. quickly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even like even like recent videos, our top 10 grand finals, people were upset with the number one that we put. And that we put that one at number one specifically because we felt like it really flowed into the main point of the video. What we're trying to prove is that, you know, Melee is, an, is a building game. To where you know this this uh, specifically I'm talking about we put most three at number one for the for the most legendary grand finals of all time, um, and we put that because it was like the story of of people thinking that Smash was solved and Ken was never going to lose a tournament and yada 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 and it was like one of the first big moments of where a player who wasn't Ken won the tournament and that was kind of like the whole purpose of it right the the top players of of this era specifically will reach a time where they are retired and will will feel like what are we going to do why are we going to watch big house 12 now like what's the point of all this and there will be new players who create new storylines and that's the that's that should be like you know that was the theme of the video that's what we like looked forward to like as much as people might dread it um so even though you know the the dreaded day where mango says i'm thinking i'm actually going to put down this controller it will break a lot of people's hearts uh there are new players who will come in and and all together fill the role that once was and you know although i'm not necessarily looking forward to that day they're you know, there will be things that happen that you will never be able to expect or predict. And that's the cool part about Melee, because we're, we're a 20-year-old video game, and we're going to be a 40-year-old video game one day, and I truly believe that. A 40-year-old video game with a thriving community. That's the that's exactly. the that's going to be just absolutely wild. Yes. Well, yeah, we'll get rollback I... too, and it'll be crazy. <laughs> Could have never even expected it. <laughs> no, Fizzy won't expect it. Somebody will come out with rollback too, and be like, "Oh, something else for me to add to the bill." Okay, I guess I won't be able to do ranked until like 2044 now. <laughs> Still working on it with 40,000 Patreon subs. Then no, <laughs> he's like, "What do I do with this money?" <laughs> Maybe you should hire someone. Oh, not yet, not yet, not yet. And I'm no, uh, no, no. just teasing, just teasing. <laughs> I think the open secret of the Austin Melee top tens, once you watch enough of them, is like the top tens, like you said, don't really matter. And if it's Sean or whoever else behind the scenes saying, let's just not care about placements, you know, mm-hmm. this is what we should really think about doing. I love that because people who get salty about rankings are kind of missing the point of a video and you just like can't help but feel more intelligent for whatever reason it really feeds the the ego that you have sometimes but if i were to do a top 10 video i would probably try to do it in the same vein that you all do which is like a little bit less focused on like where the entrance actually fall and just more of like what do i want to lead with what do i want to have in the middle what do i want to end with <clears throat> because i think that it works i love every awesome melee top 10 that's ever been put Appreciate out that it. i've seen so I'm a big fan. I don't. Really, I'm never really gonna have anything bad to say about it. Like even I was even surprised with most three. But I remember a video. I think it was just hugs watching through the documentary, and so when they were going through the most three part, and you know the music's playing, and Ken's is now up two zero, but then Isaiah's making the comeback. Like hugs is just talking about how wild Isaiah is playing and going like I watched this 
finals over and over and over and over again trying to figure out what he was doing how he was doing it because i just never seen anything like that before and it took such a long time for people to catch up but the fact that he was playing at that level then somebody will turn the corner a slippy kid perhaps in the next couple of years and do something wild and crazy where we'll all go that's tess that's impossible that exactly that's just like how, like utterly dumbfounding information, new technique stuff, and then Manga will pick up on it at some point and then win a grand finals anyway. Like, that's super cool for as long as he continues playing. That's the part that impresses me about any 15 plus year player is how they just continue to learn all the tricks that the new players get the privilege of having access to right away. So, players like SFAD and like Hugs and the Mango, and particularly the active ones, can't wait to see Hugs back on the sticks, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, um, like as much as that set has held up over time, and I truly believe it has. Like, if you go back and watch it, there, there are wild moments. They are, they are zero to deathing them. And obviously, it's, it's more impactful when you know the type of play that was common in that era, and like you look at it compared to the other grand finals that exist. Um, but yeah, I, I truly believe that 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 grand final specifically had a had a bunch of reasons to be there. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, like, did I? Was I around for Smash Summit 11? Yes. Was it like more impactful to me specifically because you know Smash Summit, Smash Summit 11 was what it was? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we just really try to highlight the old sets as much as we can. And even even aside from that, it just truly flowed perfectly into the into the outro. And that's that's the biggest reason for why we put it there. Um, and yeah, that's good. again the unwritten secret of the video is that the the placements just don't really matter. Um, the, honestly, the ones in the middle probably matter. To us more than than the ones at the end just to have like a really like feeling of building towards something bigger um but yeah like like if the top if the number one makes sense for it to be there because of what the the overarching overarching point that we're trying to prove then we're gonna put it there and uh and yeah that, that's been kind of the thing where it's like it's hard to just like blatantly say that and again people will get it once you know they watch enough of our videos um but yeah even recently uh a good friend of Alston Melee, I'm a good friend, I'll say friend, uh, IBDW uh, watched it on stream and was very much enjoying it and then got to that part and he was like, what? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Seriously? <laughs> and then just like, like all I ask is that you to watch the video to see our point. Um, and like honestly, if there's a point where you get bored in our you know 20 to 40 minute videos, just skip to the end. Just go to the end. The end and the intro is what we're the most proud of. Uh, you talked recently about, about wanting to do a top 10, and I, I encourage anyone to you know use that format. It's not like we own the, the Watch Mojo quote-unquote top 10 format. And even GR Smash did it a long time ago in a different vein than what we do. Obviously, we talk over them. That's a big point. We try to make videos that need Patty talking over them to really highlight the impact of what this is. Um, but like I love seeing other people starting to just like kind of do something similar or like you know kind of inspired maybe i'm not even sure um specifically smash tutorials recently has made a couple top tens and i was like this is sick i don't know if they've ever watched any of ours but like you know if, if they even saw a thumbnail and were like why are these guys getting 40k we should make a top 10 like that's that's all i want like the like the fact that we have some sort of impact into the melee content that i endlessly appreciate and endlessly love um that's the goal right there that that's what it, that's what we do it for i don't i don't know if it's any like just imagine IBDW watching a movie without commenting on it. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I don't. I don't think yeah, that's on it, you. I don't think that's on you. And if people have thought that we have beef, right? Because he he DQ'd out of the bender and had some words to say about why he DQ'd because it was like a one day tournament, a bunch of different things, and and people were like, "Bro, you're salty," and then his Twitter was like mad at him. And it's like, no, dude. Like we talked to him and we understood why he DQ'd out of that tournament, and he gave us great feedback. And uh, I'm just so impartial to like any, you know, like f negative or positive feedback to where it's like, like, I want to impress my friends and myself the most. Like, obviously, the comments matter. And obviously, like, you know, a, a screaming voice does have some sort of critique that you can learn from. Um, but like, it's not it's not it's not the most uh, it's not the best feedback that you could possibly get. Um, and I kind of just like I put all of the people into that that category. Even like you know, Mangos watch our videos before, and it's like we can absolutely learn something from that, and that's the best way to learn something from from our videos to where someone watches it that we like endlessly respect. Like there's a lot to be learned there. Um, but like if we're impressed with ourselves at the end of the day, then then we did a damn good job, and I'm happy with it. And that video is definitely one that I'm proud of. So that's all that matters. 
And I love that. The focus being, I don't want it to be about the screaming voice making that person happy. I want to make myself in all in all the sense of the word happy with what I'm making and then people who are close to me whose opinions matter more to me. I love Definitely. that because <clears throat> something that I've gotten from people not like every like not like a huge huge group but like every now and again I'll get a comment to the effect of you should either get so and so on or have you asked so and so like do you like you could just send them a DM you could just send them a DM like and I'm aware that I could ask like really really high profile guests on mm-hmm. whatever whatever but my my motivation to do the podcasting wasn't ever to be like i want to get conversations with all the top players and like yeah. just like all of a sudden be at that spot i know where i am first of all but also i w- i love talking to people who are who are trying to make something happen in any capacity in melee if they're a participant of the community and all at all i love hearing voices from people who don't often get a chance to share or in your case is patty you you, awesome. you you share plenty and I'm still having you on because I, I love talking with you. That's that's part of it. I didn't choose you for the Austin Melee Bender date. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I ended up choosing Ted, but I still love talking to you. So We were all blown away <laughs> by that decision. We were like, what? It wasn't me and Ryan. It was Ted. And we were like, no, it's great. That's great. It's great. But we were definitely <laughs> like, hold on. I want to focus on what you said, though, real quick. Um, I, I wanted to let's let's switch switch topics a little bit to you. Yep, You've been talking ahead. me up. I want to talk you up. That that specifically what you just brought up is why I think people are are such fans of what you do. It's because you 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 don't you know you didn't like grow the platform and then get to this point where you're like oh I can interview top players now right like you had that that you had the like you, you interviewed like PPU S Fad you had all these big names in your podcast and uh, and I just think that the fact that the fact that you continue to interview people who people might not be as aware of, but are are constant fixtures in the scene, is why it's so cool. Because you're you're giving everyone a highlight. You're you're truly spreading the wealth around to everywhere, and that's why I think it's is so rad. The fact that you you've interviewed so many different walks of this community, um, I think that's that's more than respectable. Yeah, super respectable. Like I love hearing. I'll have. I'll be having on someone who like does toing out in Australia. I know nothing about the melee scene in Australia, but I'm about to learn more. So like I love. I love that. Shout outs to Garfield. Like I love. I love those kind of conversations that I'll be able to have in the future. And then yes, I do want to talk to people like Topher or 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 hungry box or whoever but you know that all, mm-hmm. all in due time and if it happens years from now i'll get to look back and go oh this is this is the path that it that it took think about you patty you've been involved with with melee like very closely i'd say since at least 2015 and here we are it's mm-hmm. 2021 so it doesn't all happen in such a such a short time so like that's what i tell myself like it all happens a good time and i'm i'm having fun with it now and that's like that's more important to me like that I'm enjoying myself instead of feeling like pressured or like that. It's like a drag or anything like that. It's still really fun to make exactly. these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I super encourage anyone to try out the different like things that exist in the melee community. Like there are so many different parts of it that contribute to this big thing. Um, and that's kind of what I've been doing recently. Like at the start of quarantine, I was like, I want to get good at editing. I want to figure out like, I want to be able to put premiere on my on my resume and stuff and that turned into what this is now right like it was specifically all a thing to be able to be more beneficial to an esports company and now i'm like bro i don't want to just join any esports company like it has to be the perfect one if i was to ever go that route again but like even then like even if the even if my dream job was to come to me right now it's like well i'm kind of like building towards something right i i I envision the world with the awesome la office and even then like something that i've Okay, so we talked about him previously, but I have to give another huge shout out to Matt.Zeb. Matt.Zeb is the reason who I am today. And I don't say that just to be like, oh, I like my friend a lot. Like Matt, Matt gave me my first esports job. Matt, in the time where I was like considering getting an esports job again, Matt was like putting me up with two different real interviews with these companies. (laughs) And I was like, oh, wait, I need to take a step back because like this is I have something, you know, on my foot that become could become real big. 
so yeah, like like Matt, Matt's the reason who I am today, and and Matt obviously went the route of I'm gonna make this a real job. Uh, he has he has a, a, a wonderful job now. Uh, I mean he's he's you know it's, it's a little dicey right now, but <laughs> but he's he's at a point in his career where it's like it's a career. Like yes. people recognize him. He could pretty much join like tons of a long list of companies if he really wanted to. And uh, yeah, I just encourage people to be able to try out these different jobs because melee is this crazy accessible thing and it's really hard to recognize if you're so inside but when you're on the outside you realize how hard it is like uh, i to'd dreamhack anaheim for halo championship series and there were like three different smashers on that team who were like bro i don't really know what a halo is but like i i can run a tournament damn well and like the fact that you have these opportunities to just like be involved in the scene is not something that every single community gets to have. Like in order to become a league TO, you need to like have your name in that bucket for years on end in order to get your first big opportunity. And obviously that first big opportunity in league is a little bit different than the first big opportunity in melee, but like it's not as easy as just like go get some CRTs, grab the homies, buy a couple broken disk drive Wii's and suddenly you have a tournament. Like the the ability to have a real thing to put on your resume that exists in the melee community is is this thing that I think we take for granted a lot of times. So I just I just encourage people to recognize that you have these endless opportunities to really enhance yourself, not just your tournament, but you but yourself professionally. And that's a huge benefit that this community offers. Okay, but one of the things that you said there was like it's not as easy to to run a tournament. There are challenges to it. But one mm -hmm. of the topics of conversation that you were saying that you would like to get into while we're talking here is about running a tournament. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of touched on it right there a little bit. So it's like, um, so okay, let's uh, let's 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 continue with the Halo thing, right? I'm gonna host a, a Halo local tournament in Massachusetts, right? Um, so first off, promotion, right? It's, it's, I think it's decently, it's, I wouldn't say easy, but it's, it's a possibility for you to promote your tournament and get X amount of teams. Halo runs off teams, it's 5v5. So, so that's, that's a whole different ballpark that we'll get to in a second. Um, so it's like promotion, promotion's a thing, right? I can, I can, I don't necessarily have the, uh, the endless amounts of Facebook groups or the different discords or the endless things that Melee does, but I, I could promote this tournament. Next part's venue. If you're going to host the tournament, in the Lafayette Club, for example, for Halo, people are gonna look at you a little different. Like, like Melee is this thing where we can host a tournament in the in the back room of the card shop that's like 50 feet wide with with all, all the gang packed in the back, and people will leave that tournament and be like, "Dude, that tournament was so dope! I love that. That was so sick. I was I was right next to all my homies when I was playing my my winners round one." And that's the thing that we we like. Obviously, you know, the the when we have these giant venues and we have these these you know. I just went. To, I just we just did a GamerCon last weekend, and that was at the Mohegan Sun in this place. Where we're like, why are we here, bro? There's a <laughs> waterfall outside. Are you kidding me? Are you, why are we here? But it was it was beautiful. I loved every second of it. Um, but the point is, like, like you can host a tournament anywhere. You can like I, I highly encourage if you really are are trying to host a tournament, uh, card shops are the first go to because they don't have a lot of times you'll be able to just pay your venue fee through or you're, you're like you know the, the tournament venue fee through uh through the tournament venue fees uh it's double 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 wording but basically like pay the venue through the money that you generate through your the people the money that you charge from attendees so a lot of times there's like you know if you if you give them 35 bucks at the end of the night that's a good night for them they're happy for that they don't have that many people in their in their card shops a lot and that benefits that gives them revenue because people look at their games or whatever they sell and stuff like that um the next level up from that is probably like function halls and stuff like this uh stuff like what my mom was uh, a tournament that i used to run where it's just like you know it costs like 150 or, or fluctuating prices once they realize how many people were getting into the door um but there's like a set number you get to pay every every week and then if you're if you're doing well enough you can actually make some money off of that you can pay the homies through that um and then the next level up from that is probably like the the real venues like mohegan sun's definitely like a, a level above that but uh like the thing right like the big regional venues maybe colleges colleges are another great one that kind of falls in and out of the the second two tiers to where a lot of times you can be able to just run that tournament without have, ever having to pay a fee but obviously if you're reaching out to them not a part of the college maybe they're still interested in some way um there's still some benefit to them so like being able to find a venue is this thing that's like so much easier compared to every other community because we're like so adjusted to all these different atmospheres and able to to join these things um so 
com- again, compare that to the Halo thing, like they want they want that tier three every time. That's what they're going for because they're paying a lot of money a lot of times. Um, so next part I want to talk about is just setups and and like how to have a, a tournament setup. Honestly, you can host a tournament and probably not have a single setup to yourself and just rely on the community in order to provide those. You obviously have to do a good amount of promotion and, and stuff like that and coordination in order to, to do so. But in a real world, you can you know lock down six setups from the homies and be able to host a tournament practically anywhere and then there's obviously you know crts are free they are giving them away on facebook marketplace on craigslist you can very easily find multiple multiple uh multiple crts in your area that you're able to pick up and uh be able to to supply yourself and then the next level down from that is uh Broken disk drive Wii's are $15 on eBay. I think the biggest hurdle there is knowing how to homebrew a thing. I I feel like my parents, when I'm trying to homebrew a thing, when my parents trying to adjust anything on their phone, because I'm just like, dude, I'm I'm illiterate right now. What does any of this mean? So that that's that's a own hurdle. Like I feel like these nerds expect so much out of me in order to put put this melee thing on my computer. Um, but regardless, uh it's very easy. It's, it's it's $15. And again, let's make the Halo comparison. This is where it starts to get real dicey. And this is where it starts to compare to all these other communities. It costs so much money to have one setup for a team's tournament in all of these games. You have to have five BenQ monitors. You have to have five current consoles whether that be xbox one ps5 or even you know uh, five different or five ten different i should say because it's 5v5 and it's just like that cost that one setup cost thousands and thousands of dollars it's an insane like just barrier to entry for tournament organizers specifically and that's something that i really learned when i was starting to to these different communities and these these you know high level high level brackets to where it's like like talking to them and be like do you have a local scene it's like no how do you what there's like three tournaments that exist that are like quote unquote weeklies in our community and it's because it's so hard it's so hard in order for them to to host these tournaments and yeah so that that's kind of like the reason why i think we have you know uh, the Northern Idaho PRs and stuff like this is because anywhere can host a tournament. Anyone can become a community. Like, like you can build your, your local region up to a level that is truly respect, respectable by, by everyone in this community. And that's just something that we constantly take for granted. And that's something I didn't fully realize until working with these other communities. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my big spiel on uh, accessibility. And there's obviously a, a lot of different routes in that. But the fact that it's this easy to host a melee tournament, we should, we should be more, just like, look at it. Look at it and be proud of it. It's so beautiful that we are on these, these old CRTs for different reasons. But you're, you're right. This is not something that I constantly think about or anything where I'm like, well, first of all, I should I should clarify. I don't watch any other esport other than melee. <clears throat> I I was even hardly bothered to follow along with the uh, the ultimate Smash Summit. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw the tweets and, and such and such. You know, good for a tweak for winning that. And then MK Leo got the run back in Riptide. But that's about the most that I know, right? Mm-hmm. Far much less do I know about stuff like League of Legends or Halo or whatever. And you're right like you just described like something that could like it's like two thousand dollars per tower and like three hundred dollars or five hundred dollars per monitor and we haven't even gotten to like mouse and keyboard uh it's probably like twenty thousand dollars for a premiere setup at the at minimum so yeah you're not gonna be able to have that at a local where it's like (laughs) where it's 15 people be like um so we're supposed to average out like twenty five hundred dollars for the entry fee just for the setup (laughs) <laughs> exactly and then they also expect like these these like 50 grand 100 grand numbers for the prize pool because mm. that's just standard because obviously they those communities do have a lot more sponsorship opportunities than we do because when you see you know tournaments running on on new gen consoles and you see the production level that they've had they have a lot more ability to do that which is a benefit to those communities the willingness but even comparing of the publisher it to the, exactly exactly all those publishers support them in a, in a <laughs> obviously an easier much higher degree than nintendo has supported us um 
but I mean, even even comparing us to the to the other community, the the ultimate community, like like they have a lot of those problems at their local level too. They're just like they've they've learned from from the Smash games in the past and this this like endlessly growing grassroots scene. And they don't have they don't like as much as you know we sometimes bully our younger brother. They don't have the the support from Nintendo either. Like it's not like it's not like they're just you know just season assisting melee tournaments. They're season assisting Smash tournaments and. Um, so yeah, like Ultimate suffers a lot with the the monitor issues in the in the current gen consoles and stuff like that. But they rely a lot harder on the grassroots and getting the homies to bring setups and just like you know uh, participating with venues that that have these options of monitors and different things. So so they even have a, a much higher barrier to entry for for being a tournament organizer than we do. Uh, big shout out to Clipboards, a a New England uh, Smash Ultimate TO who I've recently been interacting with a lot more just because we've been working similar events. And it's so cool hearing the differences between our scenes, just New England in general. Um, like it's it's so different. Just like, you know, the things that we take for granted. We're like, we're like, oh my God, Balance Patch is the most beautiful venue we've ever stepped in in foot of in, in into. Like it's this crazy place. And then they're like, oh, dude, we hate Balance Patch. <laughs> 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 they don't actually hate it, but it's just like it's small to them, right? It doesn't have the same opportunities that some of their other venues supply. So where they're just like, you know, they they require different things than we do, and it's it's a really it's a really wild thing to think about when uh, when you think about how close we are as a scene to them. And I don't want to make it sound like that I am totally like in the uh, in the interest of seeing ultimate like fail or anything. <clears throat> Smash as a whole has to more or less succeed together. There's a certain amount totally. of raising the ships. So I will just let other people like, oh no, it wasn't table flips. What was the name of the clipboards? Clipboards. Clipboards. How did I get table flip? Is there a table flip person out there? Well, anyway, clipboards. <laughs> they just shout rage. Outs, shout outs to clipboards for supporting the ultimate scene because that's where a lot of people come from. A lot of people who will eventually be able to play Slippy and realize, oh my gosh, this is functional <laughs> online Smash gameplay. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, that's fun. But like for myself, I also really love Smash Remix, which just recently put mm-hmm. out Mewtwo and Mars. So that's really cool. Like I got that was to, crazy. Yeah, I get to play the game that I that was my first like the first game that I ever like really fell in love with was Smash sixty four before I found out about Melee and I still I still love Smash sixty four. It's really cool that people are supporting that as well. So it all it all needs to work together for for Smash specifically to to continue to succeed and continue to have the grassroots community that we're really well known for i know that 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 is a thing i was watching some video where there's like highlights from another fgc game <clears throat> and i forget which one it was but there's just like maybe it was like an evo event and and it was like you know kind of getting close to top eight it wasn't top eight but it was like a really important match but there was maybe like 15 people behind the two players and i'm going this is like there's like thousands of dollars on the line by this point. Like what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but it's because it's just because like people for melee and for the rest of smash for whatever reason. And this is something that you know better than me, but like you get out of bracket, but then you just hang out because these are your friends. These are people that you have known for a long time and you love the game that you're watching, even the local players. And I know that Ted can really identify with this. Ted cares more about stuff that's going on in the in the New England locals than whatever happening on like a national scale. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares if Logan tweeted out about freezing all the, all the stages, <laughs> and banning everything? Like he could not care less. Ted could not care less about that. But just like, yo, Jesse, going on a big run today. Not me. Get a warm. Truly. Machine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's funny. We've been on, we've been on a podcast hiatus right now. Uh, we just put a bunch of money into a computer. We're doing a bunch of cool things with the podcast. Might even live on a different channel than than the Austin Melee when when we three come channels. back. Three channels, haha. Three channels. I mean, it's two and a half. Austin Melee Pods is a half channel. It's a little baby brother to Austin Melee. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's funny you brought that up because I didn't even think about that. But that's exa- you nailed it. That's Ted's opinion. Ted would be like. Yeah, I think it's dumb. Uh, <laughs> really want to talk about some New England stuff. Do you hear about GamerCon? Oh my God, GamerCon! <laughs> like that's truly because exactly like people care about their their local scenes a lot more than they even do about the the major one that exists because it's much more closer to them. It's much more the people that they care about. It's the it's the people that they've seen. It's the narratives that they know, and that that totally exists in in countless different communities. And obviously, Ted is a voice of that for for New England very much so. But uh, it's 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 definitely a thing that's real. So as we get in the direction of closing up, because I am keeping you from the next legendary top 10 Austin Melee video, (laughs) 
I did want to take a second to, because I don't do solo talking in the podcast form anymore, so I'm going to have to take you long on this ride. I need to get this off my chest about this whole about this whole stages thing. Oh, let's do it. Run it. Why? Why is this a thing? Okay, so I am not a top player. I'm not a mid-level player. I am an Owen tour and will probably remain an Owen tour for a very long time until I get serious about practicing and actually trying to enter events consistently. In fairness to me, it is a little bit difficult in 717 area and Central PA other than Smash at Penn State, which mm-hmm. are running their weeklies, and that's super cool. But other... I, let me get back on track. I do not like the idea of freezing stages like Yoshi Story or or the other stages like FOD, which I, yes, Fountain of Dreams. I wanted to say Final of Destinations. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> the <laughs> Final of Destinations exactly. is where we are. Exactly. I don't like the idea of freezing platforms or of making the shy guys disappear or maybe even not having Randall be a thing because I I don't want to have Rainbow Cruise. That's a little bit too much, but I love how in a game like Melee where there's already so many things that are just accidental that are not necessarily sound programming, bugs that have slipped through, that have snuck through, not wave dashing, that's intentional. But all of that to say, we have stages that have a little bit of character. Like, that's how I look at it. And from a viewer's perspective, I'm speaking from a viewer perspective when I especially say this, I'm like, I can't handle the reality, if it ever comes, of having less than five stages to look at during a set. I just, I just cannot abide it because it's great that we have the five stages that we do now and even frozen Pokemon stadium. I can live with, although I do love the transformations. I'll be honest. I'll say it. I love the transformations, Same. but, but different reason though, if we go, if we go bands in a best of five, or if we remove a stage or if we do whatever to that effect, it will just become so much harder to watch. And I think that is something that is not necessarily a game killer. I don't think it is. I think that we would just start to go the route of trying to play around with custom stages and having a stage season list where one summer it's this amount of stages or whatever, and then then fall it's something different. I'd love to see that. But as it is now, since Melee moves so slowly with their stages, it took us forever to drop like really wonky stages like Poke mm-hmm. Floats and so on. It took such a long time. But I don't like the idea of getting to a point where Logan or whoever else wants to do it, it doesn't have to be them. But if somebody comes out on Twitter and goes, you know what? I think everybody can agree that the battlefield ledges are really, really bad. So let's fix them. Let's make them like final destination ledges and everybody applauds. And I'm just going like, come on, there's gotta be a little bit of something. I want to see something weird happen every once in a while. It sucks when it like uh, truly affects the end of a game, but when's the last time? When's the last time something like that actually got close to even happening? I can think of the Big House Nine, where Mango does a spike on Zane off stage, hits Randall, but then Mango still won that game anyway. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. So on that note, I think I think okay. So I'm fully in agreement with you. Gonna be honest. There's also a part of me that like when when you're just like a part of the community for a long time, it's just like. Dude, I don't care. I like melee. Like I'll just play whatever. You guys figure it out. Like you guys can duke it out on Smash Twitter and whatever thing that you end up on, cool. Whatever. Just give me the memory card and I'm I'm set, bro. Like let's run it. But at the same time, it's like it's like I, I think of like the shy guy interactions in a similar way that I think of like timeouts to where some people like think that they're lame, but it's like Dude, think about how many people scream when moments like that happen. When when the shy guys affected DI in the last stock, and it's like, oh my god, no way. Is this really gonna oh my god, it's over, and it's because of that. Like, like those are insanely hype moments and and are things that are very specific to our dumb wonky game that was never supposed to be played in this way that we're playing it. Like, I love I love Fountain when it just randomly ruins a grab conversion that you have because a platform decided to rise. I think it's funny, and I understand why, why competitors at the top level get really mad about it. Um, but I'll, 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 leave, I'll leave, not not leave, but I'll, I'll finish my thought process here with a story. Um, when, when Shine, is it 2016 or 2017 happened? It was the first tournament to use UCF at the level that it did. And it was a new build of UCF, specifically that Dan Silvato was providing. I believe this was the the famous Leffen uh, Chudat one. Uh, IMO should be replayed. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I believe this is this one. So basically, we had we had a memory card that had UCF on it that wasn't available to the public widespread that that was being used for for Shine, and and you could get UCF on a Wii or something like that to be able to the same version of UCF, but it wasn't like easy for tournament organizers to do this. And this is kind of like on the same vein of accessibility. So uh, <laughs> we, as as a lot of us in New England were a part of the TO team. The second that we got our grubby hands on those UCF memory cards, immediately copied it onto a memory card of our own. <laughs> so it's like, now we have access to this. So like we were some of the first tournaments to be able to easily use this new version of UCF because we got it onto one memory card, that one memory card did into two, three, four, double, 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 doubled until we had enough to be able to easily just, you know, run our full tournaments off of this new UCF. But the only reason we could do that at, at that time, it was, it was pretty much only like a couple weeks to where it was like that. Um, but we were able to do that just because we had access to it at the beginning. So it is a real thing with accessibility, right? To where, to where every single tournament might not be able to easily just replicate this new version that we're playing on. The farther that we get away from from the the base vanilla version of Melee, the far the harder it is for these organizers to just be able to easily replicate that at their own tournament setups. So I think it I think it is a thing where it's like. Before we ever talk about, like, we can, I, I'm totally down to, to duke it out on Smash Twitter, figure out whatever whatever top players want to try out. And I encourage tournaments to try these things out. Like, if you have access to these people who can, who are able to do it, uh, run it and see how it is. Like, that's that's kind of how we ended up on, on No Wobbling, to be completely honest. Um, it's just, you know, one person tried it out. I believe it was even a fake post that, that initially spurred it. I can't remember the exact story. We covered it in one of our videos. But <laughs> then Jogo guys, like, actually running it and stuff like that. So I encourage tournaments to try it out. Like obviously you have to have access to, to be able to to create these versions. Um, but yeah, like like trial and error is dope. And and honestly, I do really much agree with with the PJH Carroll way of thinking. To where it's like, bro, the farther we get, I'm gonna be mad when you guys keep calling this melee because this isn't this isn't the same game that we started out with. But I'm sure people who played in like '09 have a similar feeling of that when we take away. Rainbow Cruise and, and Poke Floats and these different stages that were a part of their rule set. And like, you know, we obviously like laugh and, and look at these crazy VODs of, of top players counterpicking to these stages. But like, you know, Mute City was a real counterpick for floaties back in the day. You had, it was a real dominant counterpick and it, and it changed what, what melee was being played at. So I'm sure like as much as, as much as the world without fly guys or shy guys may be, you know, crazy, like, Maybe it's not so different as as to what those people were thinking back then, but honestly, if, if I was to if I was the ruler of the game and everything I said went, I'm saying keep it the way it is right now. I like UCF. I like these changes, um, but obviously shield dropping is a is a whole different boat. It's a different. It's becoming a different game the more that we change it, and uh, we just have to be conscious of that. It does all happen sort of in like a very odd multi-directional and yet moving in some direction over the years blob that everybody says everybody has different ideas but yeah there's a certain standard that higher tos will be held to by the entire community and then all the tos below that fall suit and then the game that you see more or less is influenced by that sort of a thing and i guess top player input as well but i know what you're saying it is a, it is something where people who back in the day would go wait we're getting rid of flat zone but why that's a very competitively viable state i don't know what you're, guys, <laughs> I don't know what you're guys talking about of course it's not a competitively viable stage it's fun in iron man's especially mango axe iron man wednesdays or hopefully when those wrenches start falling oh bro the whole game's different now <laughs> yeah. so yes i understand what you're saying where you say if they take away fly guys, if they freeze the platforms on FOD, if they do whatever, yeah, it's probably not going to be such a monumental change that in my brain, it's like I'm making it out to be a big deal. It's probably not that, but where it is now is the place that I really, really like. The only thing that I would be interested in is actually adding in back more stages in order for best of five to possibly play around with bands. I do like that idea because if you That's cool. If you essentially ice away Final Destination, then maybe the Marth player can pick counterpick back to Pokey Floats or something like that. Like pick your poison. Do you want to do Pokey Floats or do you want to do Final Destination? Uh, I don't know if uh, anybody's actually going to try that other than me if I ever try to organize my own tournament someday, but if we do bands in the best of 5, I would love to see more stages getting added back in so that 
that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like I think spurring conversation is is good. Like I think it, it's a really dicey thing when you're doing it on Twitter because it just turns into this giant argument and people screaming at the top of their lungs because that's just the impression that you get right without the the context of actually talking to someone. Um, and it just turns into this ratio war of I need to dunk on this person because I have a different opinion. But like, I, I think that's good. I think it's good to like put your thoughts out there and especially when it generates conversation. But I think the most beneficial thing you can do is convince a tournament organizer to run whatever whatever thing you want. And if you can't convince someone, run a tournament. Like we have, we have Slippy, we have these different options. Obviously, if you're trying to do something as drastic as even get rid of Fly Guys, that creates a, a whole different you know rift in terms of actually being able to do that and actually being able to to have that option. Um, but yeah, like I think I think convince someone to to do it, and that's that's a way more beneficial. And then talk about it after, like, oh, we ran this in North Carolina. It was crazy. I I couldn't believe what happened here because we just knew what the what the fountain like when the platform came up was. Um, so yeah, convince someone that's more beneficial than complaining on Twitter, but you you sometimes have to do that in order for it to even be a thing that people even think about. So I get both sides of the coin, but uh, I just don't think doing anything through Twitter is <laughs> the most benefit besides promoting your thing. Yeah, shout outs to Smash Twitter. Overall, a very degenerate place, but it is where we all live. So I want to start to close up please tell the people where they can find you patty so that we can make sure that all the people who listen to bottom of smash mountain you know shout outs to all of you i appreciate you go and find and support patty no i won't first i want to do something cypher i am so proud of you Uh, i know that we talked about it previously about you like really using this platform to the best you can but your grind has not once dwindled from what it was at the beginning. Uh, you've come a long way from from interviewing just uh, just JD and Wasabi from the Wannabes. Like, I am so proud of what you've been able to do with this platform. You you've gone to a first tournament. You've had all these experiences in this in this endless podcast that you just do. I am. I truly think you're one of the best interviewers that the scene has. I would love to see a world where where we can stick a camera in your face at a major and have you talk to the top players and have you, you know, d- turn down for walls and popping off from doing that with, with PG stats. But I want you to do that as well. Uh, I am endlessly proud of you, bud. I think you've done crazy beneficial things with this platform and you've seen tons of different faces of melee in a light that we've never seen them before. And that's the coolest thing. That's the most I could ask for your, your, your episode with Zets really affected me emotionally. I watched that episode and I, I got, it was a little teary-eyed at one point because the things oh. you were talking about, it got it cut really deep. Like like it was a great episode. I, I encourage anyone to go back and listen to it if you haven't. Uh, you guys talked about melee content in a way that like I haven't heard before, and it was just like it's so deeply personal to me. So I just love what you're able to do. I, I I think you're such a benefit to this scene, and and thank you, truly thank you. Like I'm not just saying this because you brought me on your podcast again. I'm saying this because I really do believe this, and all of my friends who follow what you do also believe this. So thanks for everything you do. Uh, if you want to follow me at Alston Melee at Rip My Mom, um, I don't know. Go throw in a top ten episode if you haven't watched it. I I probably go go to an old one. Go to an old one. Even if you've watched our stuff, go to. I think uh, I think top ten Main Street moments in Melee is one of my most favorite videos we've ever done. So go check out that one if you haven't watched it. My favorite moment the the Ship of Fools segment from the the top ten crews or ten crews that have really changed the game like. That was really, really cool to see the love and attention that was put into Ship of Fools coming out from South Bend and Diana and the Prime, sorry, I wanted to say the the Prime Brothers, the Kish Brothers, excuse me. That was an amazing, that was an amazing segment. So for me, for to the viewers that are watching, I'll recommend that one, 10 Crews That Have Changed the Game. I think that's more or less the loose, the loose working title to be honest we, we beefed a couple things up in that entry but uh one day one day we'll go back and i really those are the kish brothers is a thing that i want to do a full documentary on i want to do it in a completely different way than you think of top tens and the videos that we do i'd love to actually sit down with those people and have real interviews that we cut up and do something with um because yeah those those dudes are are more beneficial to the scene than the people now uh, last plug for me uh i have a bunch of names to list off lift off list off go follow at i don't give a shick that's ryan Go follow at Shuppies, at TedGreen666 if you really want to. He doesn't tweet anything, but you can follow him on the other <laughs> platforms that he does. Uh, at CaveLemon, who's been just my, my go-to person on merchandise, as well as at ReachOnline, who does a 
bunch of different beneficial things for us. He makes merch, he makes the beats, he does endless amounts of stuff that people don't fully recognize. And uh, yeah, I think that's the big people who I want to shout out. Um, yeah, follow our stuff. Like, if you want to, if you want to go buy some merch, go to Low Tide City, and there'll be there'll be other stuff that comes out specifically for that shop and for different shops. And then obviously, when the Genesis shop debuts, uh, I hope that you don't even have to think that you're supporting Alston Melee or, or Genesis. You just want to buy this stuff initially because of how cool it looks. So that's my whole plugs. And then obviously, Cipher, where do they follow you? Because you're the reason that we're here today patreon.com slash alston melee let's not forget oh, let's make oh, sure that it, for those who have disposable income for those who want to support the homies to continue to allow people like patty to realize the dream of alston melee cove where there's an office you can go and visit and just shoot the shit with the with the receptionist who's like you want to play like how cool would that be <laughs> that's a sick idea <laughs> right and then and then you also have then you also have twitch.tv slash austin melee where you can watch the podcast as they're done live on whatever night if it's going to continue to be wednesday nights or another night we'll see but the austin melee podcast will be returning soon so go drop a follow there and then yes if you would like to follow me you can follow me at bsm pod on the twitter see that down there you can't see it here patty but like the overlay I knew. that's it's <laughs> I knew. Don't worry. You don't think I've been around the ringer, bro? Yeah, well, you've hopefully watched the video. At BSM Pod, that's where you can see whenever a new video goes out, a new podcast goes out, I tweet out from, from there. But if you want my own personal thoughts, or at least me saying, I want to tweet out more, but I'll just talk about this on the podcast, at Cypher003, you can find it if you really want to. And I appreciate all the support as well. Patty, thank you so much for being here with me on Bottom of Smash Mountain. Thank you, and I cannot wait for the day where we can do this in person. It's crazy that we've been through this journey and only know each other through there, but I'll see you soon, bud. See you soon.